0: You all remember, way well, some of you do, way back when, way back when, last Sunday, July 3rd, I had mentioned that I was sketching out, uh, well, during the, uh, well, at the end of the Church and Science recap and the bonus recap of the recap sermon, I'd mentioned at the end that I'm sketching out uh, a new series, and I, remember that, I remember that? All the way back to last Sunday. Well, here we go. After seven days and three eight packs of aha caffeinated sparkling water, we are ready to rock with part one of a series titled Blueprint. Blueprint. Now, I know that's a pretty lofty title for a series. Blueprint, man, can you deliver? You got a series titled Blueprint. That sounds really high minded. But we're going to go for it. We're going to just give it a try. This particular episode, our inaugural episode of Uh, blueprint or installment or sermon is titled Echoes. Echo, 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 E-C-H-O-E-S, Echoes. The spirit of this installment, in fact, uh, maybe of the entire series, uh, reminds me a little of season one, you probably all know this, season one episode 16 of Parker Lewis Can't Lose. So in this exhilarating episode, Parker's friend Jerry, a very academically promising bookworm sort of character, gets addicted to video games. And as you can imagine, great tumult ensues. But finally, with the help of Parker and Mikey, Jerry chases the monkey off his back, and in a great cathartic act, Jerry destroys his giant mountain of video games using a steamroller. It's an expensive prop right there. So, but in any case, Jerry is finally liberated, and to celebrate his friends, buy him a present. And Jerry tears off the wrapping of the present to find a video game. So, uh, we just got done with the ten-part series, including the recap, Church and Science, cautioning against jumping into the Christian vs. scientist death match, cage match, whatever you want to call it. And in fact, this present series does have a sort of apologetic feel, I think. Well, I'll let you be the, the judge of that. Uh, but one thing to remind us of, we can pick up a lot from sort of what we reflected on in the, or what we have hopefully come to sort of uh, caution against uh, when it comes to the apologetics, especially modern apologetics against uh, materialist scientists. Um, we're not out to prove anything. I'm not out to prove anything. This series, there's no proofs here. Uh, And we're going to hopefully step back and sort of view things from the larger picture. Larger picture. Okay, here we go. Many have observed non-uniqueness in Christian thought, or what you could call overlap. So overlap between events, personages, teachings in God's written revelation with some pagan or religious practices that preceded or were contemporaneous to the biblical writings. And even as Damon mentioned not that long ago, there is overlap in language and messaging in God's written revelation and the Roman politics contemporaneous with Christ's ministry. An extreme case of this observation of overlap can be found in the so-called Christ myth theory. And I don't know if you're familiar with that, the Christ myth theory. I'll give you a very brief outline here. By the first thing, it's not a theory. Okay, the word theory is misused all the time. It's a conjecture. Well, it's actually a fiction, but to just give it the benefit of the doubt, it's a conjecture. The Christ myth conjecture um, was kind of sort of developed, in every, I don't know if it was ever popular, but it sort of... Uh, came into existence, say, um, primarily owing to a late 19th century book titled The Golden Bough by James George Fraser. Then, Then, out of seemingly nowhere, cut to scene maybe 120 years later, the Christ myth theory conjecture reappeared in the mainstream in 2007 with a movie titled Zeitgeist. The claim, this is the claim... Christ myth theory. The claim is that there are many common details between some mythical figures and Jesus. The therefore, the hence, uh, the but for, is that Jesus is simply a mythological copycat. The story of Christ was merely concocted from an amalgamation of these other previous practices and mythological figures. That's them speaking. That's their sort of synthesis. Now, I I say uh, out of seemingly nowhere, since uh, most all these purported similarities had been debunked by archaeologists, Egyptologists, and scholars decades ago. Now, as a side note, as a statistician, as a statistician, if you were to give me or any statistician two historical figures, or a historical figure and a mythical figure, or two mythical figures, doesn't matter, I can find you dozens of similarities. Okay? <clears throat> There's nothing magic about that, okay? And if you just think about it, okay, any person, mythical figure, has hundreds of attributes hundreds, if not thousands of attributes, hair color, gender, profession, favorite food or activity or hobby, education, siblings and their attributes, colleagues and their attributes, parents and their attributes, friends and their attributes, and so on. So it's not difficult finding a long list of similarities just by chance. There's a term for it, sometimes it's used, it's called cherry picking, getting, getting the results you want. Now, We can extend this further. This is hypothetical. If uh, you were uh, to allow me to stretch the truth a little, which I would never do, okay, but just speaking hypothetically, uh, we could triple or quadruple the size of that list of similarities. And if we were to go one step farther and simply fabricate attributes, as the movie Zeitgeist does, or more generally the Christ myth theory does, you hopefully get the idea. Okay, having said all this, now, having said all this, the truth that we're forwarding here is that there are indeed outside features of religions, culture, politics, language, that do, in fact, overlap with the Bible and the teachings of Jesus. Let's just look at a small handful of examples. Okay, <clears throat> the Christ myth uh, conjecture. The Egyptian god Horus is the sun god. He is known, was referred to as the light. Not surprising. He's a mythical god. And uh, the sun, that's, uh, when I think of the sun, I think of a lot of light. So, okay. Well, Jesus was also known as the light. He referred to himself as the light, among uh, lots of other things, of course. Jesus was, born. you're probably familiar with this. Jesus, we're just going to go through about, I think there's seven or eight examples here. Jesus was born near the beginning of the age of Pisces. His ministry involved lots of fish and even some characters who were responsible for catching fish. Confucius, this is one I'm sure you've heard of, Confucius coined something very similar to the Golden Rule, which uh, followers of Christ will be familiar, about 500 years before Christ. Now, Confucius translates into something like, um, do not impose on others what you do not wish for yourself. Now, of course, here's the thing with the negation. It's framed a little bit differently but strikingly similar, I think. Now, there's also the four... This is one of my favorites, actually, by the way. The 42 Judges. You may or may not be familiar with this. Uh, According to ancient uh, Egyptian religion, uh, during what what was called the New Kingdom. The New Kingdom for them, not new for us, okay? The New Kingdom. uh, This was, let's just say, 2,500 years ago. So, according to the religion, when a person died, they were guided by Anubis to the Hall of Truth, Uh, sounds kind of ominous, where they would make before 42 judges the so-called Declaration of Innocence. This is a list of about 42 sins the dead would have to enumerate and upon which claim innocence. And many of these, in fact, bear resemblance to the Ten Commandments. Things like, I have not stolen, I have not blasphemed, But then again, there's lots of them that uh, bear no resemblance to the Ten Commandments, like there's actually one of the sins uh, in the declarations, I have not been an eavesdropper. Okay, there's another one. Maybe you've heard of this one. God is Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Buddhism also has a Trinity, believe it or not. It's called uh, Trikaya, the three bodies, the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. Jesus is Son of God. And Damon mentioned this. Emperor Augustus what's called Divi Filius, Son of God. Now, if we think about this just with a broader stroke, so we looked at some details, but just think about this from a broader stroke. I'm sure we have all encountered very high-minded, ethical people who do not profess to be followers of Christ. Okay, last example, and this is going to blow you away. Jesus had two ears, and so did Aristotle. Okay, well, I mean, we could... Um, okay, that didn't go over very well. Okay, but we could keep going here. Now, obviously, some overlaps are trivial, right? Some are trivial. Some coincidental uh, or idealistic constructs of the imagination, of course. But I profess, I mean, the main, one of the main... The- well, the thesis of this particular presentation is that some overlaps, correspondences, similarities are genuine. Now, can we uh, tell them apart? Well, the trivial one, the two ears, Jesus, Aristotle... That one I think we could identify as being trivial. I think we've all heard detractors say, now I'm not just, I don't wanna put words in your mouth, but I'm just sort of guessing, maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna imagine that we have heard, all of us, at some point in our life, detractors say that since Christianity overlaps with other religions, it is not unique and is no different from any of the others. The master Christian apologetic tactician attacks the assumption. This is something I've heard, I don't know if you've heard it, and tries to unroot any perceived similarities. This is a big mistake. Um, I've heard this before, actually more than once where someone will say the, mention the Confucius thing. It's like, oh, Jesus got that from Confucius like 500 years ago. And then, and then I've, I've heard people just go back on their heels and say, no, it's completely different. It's completely different. This one has got the negation, and this one uses this verb and that verb, and they pull it apart. Hey, look, no, they're very similar, okay? Many of the commonalities are, in fact, Genuine. And not only is God revelation not 100% unique, the values and principles are not 100% unique. And just so uh, you don't uh, let your imagination run too far away with you, I know what you're thinking. Are you saying God stole his character from pagan religions? And uh, no, no, I, that's not what I'm saying. If anything, it's the other way around. What I'm offering is that of course there's overlap. Of course there's commonality. Of course there is. Let me illustrate. Okay? Suppose, again, hypothetical, suppose hypothetically Jesus had said, okay, now whenever you eat a meal, you've got to be hanging upside down. Or suppose he said, okay, whenever you put on your sandals in the morning, you've got to shout, No purple elephants on the moon. Or what was the line from Bananas? That great movie, Bananas? From now on, everyone must wear their underwear on the outside. Something. I mean, if if that had happened, okay, hypothetically, because that's just hypothetical, okay? Uh, I mean, if that had happened, if he had said that, do you think people would react? Like, um, wow, this is so crazy original. I've never heard anything like this. This guy must be God. That's just so original. Well, it's a rhetorical question. Of course, that's not what they would say. And of course, there's overlap. This overlap, the commonality, the similarities, are exactly what we should expect to find in a truthful, trustworthy, divine expression and revelation. Since the beginning until now, now, now until the end, God's plan, his grace, his will reverberate throughout creation. It should not be a surprise to any of us that some signal of this reverberation might, from time to time, blip the antenna of some people or peoples, like Confucius. Through all time and in all time, God's truth echoes. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, there is something that you know and everyone here knows that I did not mention in that sermon. And that is the uniqueness of your revelation and your will. And we have a word that's sort of all our own called propitiation. A perfect God loves his creation and sacrifices everything to make it right again. This is the truth we know, and that is unique. But we also know that your word and your will resonates through all time. We're grateful that Damon is getting medical care. We ask that you give his providers wisdom and you give Gia strength and give all of us strength because we're all incredibly concerned. <clears throat> uh, we've, many of us have known Damon for decades and Gia. As we leave this place, we pray that you go with us, you guide us, You guide our actions, you guide our thoughts, you guide our words. You give us discernment and understanding. We pray in the name of Jesus, your propitiation. Amen.